Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm exhausted. Are I'm, you? Cru- I'm crushed from a workout that we did at the gym tonight that I just texted you because I feel like it was it would be right up your alley. Oh, lots of rowing, lots of rowing, lots of wall balls. Terrible. I, know. You said, I wondered why you sent it to me. You never send me workouts. And I saw so I'm like, I thought maybe you meant to send it to Matt or somebody else. And then no. uh, and then you owned up to it. Yeah, that was tough. Rowing, wall balls, med ball sit-ups, which are sneaky hard. Just, it was, it was, you know, like every so often you feel like, damn, I'm conditioned. Like I've been doing it. I've been, I've been doing a lot of running because we have like, you know, five minutes of nice weather here in New England in the summertime. And I was like, saw this on the workout whiteboard and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to go in and crush it. And it's just one of those where like I could sleep for 12 hours right now. That's how I feel. My body, not my mind. My mind is fully engaged in tonight's show. Oh, well, I'm I'm engaged in the show, but I'm not sure my body's falling behind. I'm pretty tired myself, but yeah, it's a combination of age and too much CrossFit, you know, same old, same old. Yeah, same girl, same. Constantly beating myself. Did I tell you, did I tell you we're doing this superhero summer thing? Yeah, I'm stoked for you. Yeah, That's I'm two so weeks cool. in and then I've got to do, I'm going out of town this weekend, so I'm doing... Um, I'm doing it on Thursday instead of my normal Friday. So I'm having to push up my training schedule. I'm doing hot shots 19 on Oof. Thursday, which, yeah, Oof. it's a, it's an easy 45 minutes of brutality. And mm-hmm. uh, so third, third week of hero wads in a row. So Murph followed by ill mill followed by this one. So it's basically, you know, three hero wads that are 40 minutes plus with a lot of running and foolishness. So I hope you get a nap. after. <laughs> I need to find some nap time. But yeah. tonight we're talking about uh, charity stuff, which is always fun. You know, it's near yeah. and dear to my heart. And we have two guests with us, as opposed to our normal one. Uh, we have Brandon Barker and Jeff Pilon. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? We are doing good. We don't normally have two guests. So, Nikki, we're going to have to remember to actually call people by name before we ask questions. We always run into that issue when we bring people on. We just like do what I just did. Was like, How are everyone doing? And everybody starts talking at once. It's great. Uh, I'm, oh, you go. No, you go. No, I yeah, go. I, you, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, it's the first time I'm meeting Brandon. I've known Jeff for a while. Uh, for those that are going to watch this on YouTube, he has his fancy pink cowboy hat on. And that's how I find him anytime we're at an you event together. You look amazing. Yes. Any anytime uh, I'm at the games or semis or just a CrossFit event in general, I always feel like I see a pink cowboy hat come blazing past me, and we get a quick hello, and then he's off to do whatever hundreds of things he's doing at these events. And oh, that's Jeff, it, so. why is the pink cowboy hat your signature style? Because of just that, my degrees are psychology and sociology, and I'm five five, so people are not going to spot me. If I don't have this hat. And so it's oh, also fair. good because if any athletes need to find me in the stands, they can find me and then we can relay what we want them to do and stuff. Ooh, okay. So this is a perfect segue into a little bit of background. Like Jeff, you're talking about having athletes needing to be found. Can you give us a little bit of your background within our CrossFit community and what you're doing as far as the charitable efforts we're going to be discussing here tonight? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I started CrossFit just about eight years ago. Uh, I was my son was a little guy, and I was carrying him up the stairs because he was pretending to be asleep, and I was almost I was having a hard time just climbing up stairs because mm. I was overweight and not a condition. And he said, "Dad, you don't have to carry me anymore." And I broke down. I just started crying. Oh. And so my wife, once again, strong woman, decided said. Well, then man up and go to get in shape. <laughs> and so um, she was like, listen, Jeff, over, stop crying. Yep. Just do get this shit yeah. done. <laughs> I like <Correct>. her. <laughs> yeah, she's British. So, yeah, I was I was terrified. And so I went and I did a I did a did my on ramp and I fell in love because I all the women that were there were way stronger than me, even on the on ramp. And I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not dead yet, but I didn't start till 42. So I was like, this Mm -hmm. is okay. Let's go. And, um, I've been working with kids and supporting people. I'm an addictions counselor and I've been sober for 32 years. So I I was in treatment for 26 months when I was 15. And so, you know, I've, I've, yeah, I, I made some bad choices, but, um, I, 
really wanted to support people who had supported me and just give back. And when I found the community of CrossFit, I, I was hooked. I Kool-Aid, I was, it was not pretty. I was all about it. I was like, okay, get my L1, get my kids, sir, get my USA, get my L2, let's go. What else can I do? And um, basically ended up meeting a lot of people when I, during coaching who had a lot of barriers to success, whether it was financial or different type of support. Um, I'm, I've been mind coach mindset coaching for 30 plus years. And I worked at, um, we had Valley total fitness and we had uh, gold's gym and powerhouse gym. So I've worked in the industry for a long time because if people tend to work out, they tend to be, more apt to want to work on themselves in general, emotionally, not just physically. And so um, they want to do hard things. And so um, where I met John, actually, it was after 2020 when the youth portion of like the teens got canceled, lack of a better term. Right. Um, There was some weird stuff that happened in 2020. The weird games. Because it was the game and I was there, but there was only 10 people and we had this like ultra bubble where I wasn't even allowed to go to the Starbucks drive through. And I was mad about it for like my entire stay in California. It was a thing. (laughs) But that is a thing. I know you you Starbucks folks are very particular and that's okay. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, And I identify as such. And so one of my athletes was Sophie Shaft and she had made the games. This, This would have been her second year in a row or yeah, second year. And so instead of finding a problem for every solution, I was like, well, let's figure out a way we can get these kids an opportunity to not let COVID win. And, um, I grew up in three rivers, Michigan, which is, you're not going to find it, but that's where the pit elite team throwdown was. And I helped put that on for the athletes and the wonderful people who own the pit and, Brock, who runs um, Triple River CrossFit and all that stuff, they did a wonderful job of really putting together something when people weren't even sure if we were going to be able to do it. Right. And all these vendors and sponsors, and that's where I met John. He came out, and it was just, it was amazing to see people in our community really be what CrossFit is, which is okay, somebody has a need, let's fill it, let's get to it, figure out what we're going to do. I'm helping with parking and I'm also judging and I'm also (laughs) like coaching and I'm, you know, raising money to get them there because, you know, all that fun stuff. And so ever since then, I've coached, uh, I coached for a while at University of Michigan weightlifting. I've done, I've coached several high level athletes for powerlifting and um, different games. I, I was just at, yeah, semi, yeah, semis in the West. I'm trying to remember. By the way, uh, California, Southern California, in in June was horrible. Yeah, it was awful. It was cold. It, it was cold as it fuck. Was, the last day, I just wanted to buy a long sleeve and long pants. It was ridiculous. I know. I know. You know, it was. That, sorry, sidebar. This is important. Everyone in California okay. lied to me. They said it was going to be nice. Bring your beach clothes. Nikki, we're so excited. We'll take you out. We'll eat outside. You don't know what summer's like because you live in New England. It was all bullshit. It was like 60 and cloudy every single day. And I think everyone in California has been lying to me for years. It was like 80 degrees in Orlando when I was there. I know. It was like like beautiful at home while I was gone. Anyway, all of that to say, Jeff, somewhere along all of your jack-of-all-tradeness, you started this charitable organization, Rise, right? Yeah. So I actually, I started um, for Youth Esteem Services, which was where I met John, which was supporting youth. Right. Because um, I had been um, an addictions counselor and worked as a basically a probation officer for the city of Detroit for a while. And, um, you know, like understanding, you know, mental fitness the first thing everybody always says when they come to CrossFit is, oh, I wish I just did this earlier. <laughs> Nobody says, oh, I wish I waited till I was 42 to start destroying my body. Hmm. Like they didn't, hmm. they don't say that. And so um, I wanted to really encourage people to see the value 
which CrossFit did. CrossFit's pretty avant-garde with a lot of different things. And, and I like that. And so what I also found is a majority of my athletes were females and were, I'll say some of their coaches were a little less than caring about them as humans. Um, a lot of gymnastics, um, I, I, I'm in the area where, um, Nasser took place in Michigan, the guy who was molesting tons of athletes for 20 years or how many ever years it was. And it, it just came to a point where my daughter who was 13 at the time, she used to do CrossFit. She was awesome. And then she was like, Oh, dad, you're breathing loud. And I hate being around you. And can you stop Mm. and leave me alone? And Mm. I wanted to be able to give her tools for success growing up, even if it wasn't me. So I had to figure out a subversive way to do that. And I was surrounded by all these amazing females who had overcome so much. Now, obviously they're not, you know, on the other side of everything, but who had gone through all this shit really. And they've come up with ways to get through it. And so, um, I was, I ended up working with, uh, coaching army warrior fitness team at, at an event at with Brandon and some of my friends like Aaliyah Miller, who was just that who came in 20th, she said, you know, I'll do a podcast. And, and that was it. That's how it started. And that's how I was able to start raising money for what's called resiliency, identity, strength, and empowerment. So rise and it's females supporting females because once again, which is always fun because I'm, I do identify as a human unicorn, but I'm still male. And so it was weird that I I got chosen to do this, but I saw a need. And instead of waiting for somebody else to do something, I was like, I know lots of amazing females. Let's, let's get together. Um, And so like Lauren, she's, part of it like uh Ava Kitsy's part of it um Heather Lawrence from CrossFit headquarters is part of it so yeah. like I I it became a very easy outlet to let other females in the community of CrossFit and powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting and fitness in general know that people want them to succeed people want to support them you know, um, one of my favorite things about you, Nikki, was that, you know, you, you sharing the difficulties of the excitement of having a baby and yet your body's changing and you did all this work and yet, oh, I did all this work. And then Mm -hmm. afterward is, okay, I want to work out. I'm allowed to like barely carry my kid. And now like, okay, how do I, like my AMRAP is changing diapers for time and all these Mm -hmm. fun things. Fact. And still low key my AMRAP for what it's worth. <laughs> no, I know. I'm that is one thing I'm not missing. I miss mm. being able to pick them up because my son is six foot two hundred and my daughter's bigger than me, but I don't miss changing diapers at all. Yeah, and so it. like ultimately all my all my connections and in and um meeting these amazing people, I just was able to allow space for people to be creative and how they wanted to support and how they wanted to help and how they wanted to encourage other people. And ultimately that's, that's my main goal. That's also part of the reason I wear a pink hat because I'm a little bit loud and in your face, well, in your chest for most people, but (laughs) because I'm not tall enough to be in your face, but (laughs) if I, if if I was very dynamic in like a normal size man, people would get a little intimidated probably. And so because I come up with a pink hat and I just want to hug everybody, people are like, oh, this guy's okay. Let's hear what he has to say. I love so it, Jeff. You decided to, to be the yeah. walking hug. You were like, this hat makes me huggable and I want that. And I, I appreciate that about you. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. So then, Jeff, you're like in a million places at once, like making yes, making shit happen, women supporting women, training everybody. I love it. I love everything that you've got going on. You meet Brandon and then Brandon, your story is one that I really want to be able to focus on tonight because I know that you're dealing with some serious shit with your family and you've come together with Jeff and with all these wonderful people to develop a fundraising event uh, for your daughter. Is this right? And this is right. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with you guys. 
And I told myself I was not going to get emotional about this today. No, definitely not. I'm already there. (laughs) We're good. We're good. (laughs) And I told Jeff, I'm like, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do this because it has been a couple of months of, well, I mean, it's been longer. So the story kind of started last September. It was actually right after the big impact games. We have an event that I run uh, here locally. At at an affiliate that you own, correct? Yep. Yep. And uh, we had a doctor's appointment. Um, my ex-wife came back and she's like, hey, we just got back from the doctor's appointment. And E, so Evelyn is my daughter's name. We call her E. Um, she said she's not growing. She's falling actually on the growth scale. So we're like, all right, didn't think anything of it. Came back a little bit later. She said, I want to run some tests. I was at a conference a few weeks ago and we learned about this uh, syndrome called Turner syndrome. We had no idea what this was, like completely off the chart. Um, so she didn't fit really any of the symptoms that we were told. So we weren't, it wasn't really a concern of ours until I think it was October. We got the results back in October. It was a genetic test. Uh, and she came back positive for it. So then it starts, we're like, well, we don't really know what this means. We still weren't kind of that worried about it. Fast forward to March. And we had another doctor's appointment in March. And this was kind of the one that hit home was uh, the doctor sat us down. We weren't expecting this (laughs) at all. Um, (laughs) And they're like, well, we think we're gonna have to remove her ovaries. And she's seven. So I was kind of like, like, hold on, time out. Like, you're telling me my daughter is not going to have the option to have kids someday. And that was kind of a, that stung for a while. And then fast forward two days, I end up with a clot in my left calf. And it's like, yeah. So I'm in like this whole, I'm, I'm way out of whack mindset. My frame of mind was way off. So it was, so then we start this journey. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So we start having doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments. We end up um, going to down to Chicago the last couple of months to meet with specialists, like some of the best in the country in Chicago. And they kind of pumped the brakes on the surgery, which was awesome to hear, super relieving. Um, and because it's so new and it's so rare, I want to say, I think it's like one in 100,000, no, one in 200,000 women uh, will be born with this, um, that where they're missing an X chromosome is the most basic way I can explain it. Um, and then of those, she had a 1% chance of having a Y chromosome, which is super rare. Um, something she's not supposed to have, which is the reason why they brought up the whole removing of the ovaries, which, <clears throat> so they kind of pumped the brakes and said that just because that's what, that was been their protocol for the last several years is they just remove the ovaries right away. Hmm. Um, but they don't have any research on what happens if they don't remove them so that, that's something that we've been actually, I just got back from Chicago this last Friday. Um, so she had imaging done and it seems like we're going to kind of wait and see and play her cards. She's in the process of taking, um, growth hormone right now. So she has to take a shot every day, um, in hopes that we can get her up into the, um, 25th percentile is kind of the hopes. So, and then we're kind of go from there. It's like a day by day thing. Now, honestly, it's kind of a, still kind of a mystery. She has this, she runs a risk of developing tumors, um, potentially cancerous tumors. So that's kind of the, um, Amanda and I have to kind of have these conversations, like weighing these risks. We want to risk our daughter potentially getting cancer and having to go through that whole journey, um, that we've seen several kids go through, or do we want to take a choice away from her? Um, and we didn't realize that was going to be a real, real thing until we're giving her these shots. She hates them. Um, it's like a 30 to 40 minute thing every night to try and get, get her to take these shots. And one night she's like <laughs> kind of sobbing and doesn't want to take this shot. And she looks at me and she goes, dad, it is my body. Right. And I get a choice if I want to do this. And I was like, Ooh, girl, what's beyond your years? So I was like, this is coming from a seven. And then I had, so it's, it's tough. It's a tough thing. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's, we're taking it day by day. And um, that's where Jeff kind of came in. I've known Jeff now for a couple of years and 
he gave me a call and said, Hey, listen, we, what do you think of, we're already going to run a rowing event, um, for, a, another foundation. And he said, let's turn this into a rise event. And I want to give it back to you and, uh, your family. And I want to pay, she's in gymnastics. So he wanted to help pay for gymnastics. Um, she does CrossFit kids. So she he wanted to help with that as well. So that's, that's kind of my story in a small little, uh, 10,000 foot view anyways. Mm-hmm. So this- months this event that is rise up and move for evelyn yep this is going to be tell us about it it's going to be at your gym but also kind of anywhere right yep yeah we wanted to keep it kind of open ended and easy for anybody to do i'm at the point where i was like you know financially i'll figure that out i told Mm -hmm. jeff i'm like i don't like taking money from people i never have i like earning what i i like earning what i'm going to put into stuff but um Raising the awareness for the Turner syndrome is huge because you don't realize there's so many, there's such a network of people that I'm starting to develop with little girls that have this and stories, crazy stories uh, when they get older. Cause a lot of girls don't realize they have it until well after puberty, mm. um, sometimes when it's too late. So uh, we want to keep this kind of broad and E loves, I mean, she's super active. And if you ever were in front of her, you would know if you're in a room, you would know that it's her and she'll move for an hour. She'll be with us moving for an hour for sure. So we didn't want to like keep it to just one gym. It was really, Hey, anybody can get up. This is what Turner syndrome is. Uh, Move for an hour. Um, Be active for an hour. So I think a part of it was trying to calculate meters. Let's see how many meters we can put in an hour. Um, so I know like our gym, we were shooting for 200,000 meters. Ooh. Cool. So, so is that the event you guys, it's an hour of rowing, 60 minutes of rowing an hour of any, we originally made it rowing and we wanted to keep it open because not everybody had rowers. So I know I had family at home that have like assault bikes or yeah, yeah, yeah. they were going to get up and they were going to sort of run or walk on their treadmill and see how many meters they could get on their treadmill. Um, so oh, I love that. We kind of kept this it recommended. Is- Yeah, this is fun. What a great concept where like it is, you know, we're all very familiar with CrossFit events that are sort of like put on to raise awareness or raise money or whatever. And it's usually a wad, right? It's usually like do this, this, this and this on this date at this time, we're all going to do it together. But I love the idea of making it so accessible that it's like, hey, get up on this day at this time and move your butt for one hour and do the most of whatever you can do in that hour. What a cool idea and what a way to open it up to like anyone and everyone every skill level every doesn't matter your equipment doesn't matter anything you guys going to be rowing at the gym because i swear if someone volunteers to get on an assault bike i i don't trust that person choose the c2 bike that's where you get the the most meters in an hour there's no doubt you'll get the most meters you'll get the less the least amount of meters on uh the rower no doubt about it Mm -hmm. i was thinking about skiing for an hour no Uh, Oh, terrible. I I do a ridiculous amount of zone two work and it's almost always like an hour long. So if you do the ski, it's going to be 12,000 meters or less. If you do the rower, it'll be 14,000 or less. If you do the C2 bike, however, you should easily be able to get in 16 to 18,000 easily like without trying that hard. So Okay, Brandon. So this is is your way of sneaky – you make bets with people, you yeah. get on the C2 bike, and then you for right. sure have earned the money that you're going to put into this. Right. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I do I do love what you guys are putting together here. I think it's really it's really terrible. Brandon, I'm so sorry that your family is going through this. It's just... Oh, right. It's, ugh. you know, another hurdle. It's why we CrossFit too, right? I, I actually was mm-hmm. listening to one of your podcasts uh, with uh, recently the owner of O2. I believe. Oh, with oh, Dave, Dave. Kleina. Yeah. 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 And talking about CrossFit and obstacles and doing hard things and how that like translates to life. And, you know, I was thinking back to like, I've done an Ironman. I've done a lot of crazy shit myself over the last 10 to 12 years, Spartan races, all these long runs and CrossFit and competitions and Masters Fitness Collective, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Like, this is just another one of those things that you just figure it out. You just find a way to keep moving forward and, it sucks. It's probably a little more emotional than I like it to be because it's my uh, my own blood, right? But and it's a little girl who's fairly helpless and she's always smiling. And I mean, girls that age are notorious for like, I can't wait to be a mommy. And it's like you get you fully understand. There's a lot of ways to 
that you can be a mom, right? But man, it's, it's you start tugging at these heartstrings that I didn't know existed, uh, to be honest. Um, and yeah, so yeah, the yeah. Resili- the resiliency of kids, and I'm I'm with you. I have two daughters, Brandon, and uh, so I I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through. But I've been through a lot of stuff with those two, and I can absolutely tell you that the resiliency that children show is unreal. Like it just really is like how, you know, to your point, like I remember my kids at that age at seven going, I can't wait to be a mommy or whatever. And, and, you know, and those things change as they get older. Um, But, and, but I've seen them do hard things kind of like what we're discussing here and go through really traumatic, difficult moments in their lives. And they come out on the, they almost always come out on the other end so much stronger and far more resilient than I ever thought they would be. There are moments where I thought I'd just be, you know, sitting on the couch sobbing and they're just like, okay, what's next, dad? You know, mm-hmm. like oh. kids, kids are amazing that way. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and Jeff's been a huge help. Like I used to, I hop on a phone call with Jeff once a month and, you know, have that hour long conversation where it's like, it gets me back on track mm-hmm. mentally. I'm just, mm-hmm. so I, I call yeah. Jeff. Just. <laughs> I, I think that's really important because, you know, we talk a lot about doing hard things, but maybe not enough about checking in with ourselves. And it can't always be like, I got this, like, let's go. Like, I can do it. I can totally, whatever. It's also like, okay, but fuck, like, how am I feeling in this moment? And like, a lot is happening to your family, Brandon, but a lot is happening to you too. And like having that moment to be like, I'm not okay. And I can accept help from others. Like we are all there in so many different areas in our lives with so many different challenges. And I'm really glad that you guys have that connection, you and Jeff. Jeff, I'm glad you're there and and offer that to your friends and to the folks that you work with in your organizations, because like, it's insane how helpful it is sometimes just have someone to talk to about what you're going through or not about what you're going through. Be like, it's going to help me mentally so much to just talk about some other shit for five minutes. And having a listening ear, I think is so wildly important. And just to your credit, the two of you, like somebody somewhere is listening to this podcast and it's what they need because they're going through some shit too. And it's going to make them feel like they're not alone. And maybe they'll reach out and call someone to talk, a Jeff a Jeff therapist type person to chat with because they just, I don't know. Once you hear it, someone else going through it, you're like, ah, me too. Same girl, same. And it makes you feel like not alone. For sure. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest reasons I told Jeff, I'm like, yeah, I'll come on and I'll do this with you because people are going to want to hear that from me. And if it does, if it hits one person, I've, Mm -hmm. that's that's a W for today. Um, Sure. So Especially after having a long also, day, I agree with you. Today, I'm I'm exhausted. <laughs> and one of the things I was telling Brandon too, and it, it's good reminding me because I'm not a fan of my voice. Since I know I have a beautiful singing voice to other people, I'm not a big fan. But it's not about me. It's bigger than me, and that's why, I like when John, you did the you know rowing. Mm-hmm. That's why immediately I saw it and I was like, boom! I I donated because I'm like sure shit not going to row with you but i'm going to donate and, and be proud of you um because that that's that's what crossfit gave me it really did it, it gave me people can be seen and it's you know yes it's the best hour of the day but not just because we're torturing ourselves on the same devices it's you know like come in and be you know wait why is Brandon look so bad? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's going on? And there's bigger things in life for that hour. And it's that safety and it's that connection. And it's, and I, you know, like I, well, I was at the big impact games, so I met him and I was w- with the army warrior fitness team coached him and they didn't need me for a second. And I saw him losing his mind, trying to put everything on and do everything. And I just said, Hey, do you need help? And he looked at me like he was going to hug me and said, yes, please. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, do what? He goes, I have no clue. Just please ask somebody else. <laughs> and, and he let me help him. And that's and to me, like, that's what CrossFit was. Like, um, I don't even remember who asked you to come to the elite team throwdown, John, and you just showed up. And I was like, oh, and like Joel, Joel was there as an announcer. I'm like, oh, Joel's here. Like what, what's going on with all these people? And it's, unless people know 
they're not going to be able to help or they're not going to be able to know. And, you know, a lot of times I get, you know, the where where I get is the uncomfortability or insecurity of like, well, what what's so important about me? Like, why would somebody want to listen to me? Um, yeah, I know a lot of cool people like Jason Khalifa is a great hugger or, you know, like um, Bethany Shadburn's husband is a very nice hugger. Like, that's kind of how I judge people. <laughs> but, like, that's how I know these people. People yes. who are good huggers. Good the hugger, only not criteria, a good hugger. Right. The only criteria to get oh. on Jeff's good no, side. I like, love it. Well, that's how I judge people. It's okay. That's it's fair. fine. Um, but, like, ultimately, being connected was what drew, drew, drew me to CrossFit in the first place. What drew me to Brandon is he's very cerebral, but his gym first of all i'm from michigan so i went to green bay so i wasn't very excited anyway luckily it was not during the winter (laughs) but all of a sudden i fell in love with green bay because i met all of his athletes and everybody was so loving to put this event on and do whatever i had games athletes who were helping screw in the flooring for the practice rig like just no big deal and it's like stuff like that like um Chandler Smith came and you know just whatever he was just hanging out and talking to people and being nice cuz he's super nice and the the heart of the event was he was giving Brandon was giving back to um I can never remember it's a what was it it was for kids mental health oh Catalpa health yep yeah it was called Catalpa health and, yeah, Catalpa Mental Health for, for teens or for youth. And then um, the next year we did Mission 22. And so, like, he's part of his money. Is he, it's big impact because he gives an imp money away to different charities. And so it's, like, it's very easy when you allow yourself to be seen, which is, like, a CrossFit workout. Like, I'm going to be seen. I'm going to be seen if I'm shaving reps. I'm going to be seen – acting like I just did Fran in under two minutes, even though it took me 12 scaled, like it's, it's going to be seen and people really do accept you. It's, it's a weird dichotomy of everybody wants to beat you until they're done. And then they only want you to do that. Your best. Mm-hmm. I've never found that anywhere else in life. So Brandon, it sounds like at your affiliate, you're sort of like no stranger to figuring out how to rally the troops and put on events and and help others. A lot of different charitable organizations maybe is that. Why do you think, I'm going to ask a deep question here. Why do you think it has been so difficult for you to accept help for yourself in this process? This is something that you're really familiar with. And I'm asking because I don't think you're alone in this situation. I think a lot of us can relate to you. Right. That's a really good question. That is a deep question. Um, I'm not sure, Nikki, to be honest. Um, I think maybe it's not accepting the fact that something's wrong or something's going wrong with my situation at the current time, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm always wanting to make sure I'm helping others the best that I can. So when it gets turned around, it's kind of like, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't happen like this. You know, it's always the, you never think something's going to happen to you until something happens to you. Um, For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's probably the best answer I can give. I'm not really, Jeff could probably tell you better than I could tell you, to be honest. <laughs> Jeff, you've studied this kind of thing yeah. before. So the big thing with, with Brandon was is accurate is he's always looking outside because it's never about him. It's always, it's, it's about the mission. It's about helping others. It's, it's, well, I'm fine. He's like a manly man. Like I'm fine. I got, I'll get on with it. So I didn't come from that point. I was a victim my whole life. So when I met him, I was like, I want to be what more of what you have, but you probably need some of what I have too. It's okay. Mm. Um, And like, that was one of the things when I was trying to gently help him understand it's okay that we're doing this to raise money because once I said, she's going to need support the rest of her life, Mm -hmm. then 
it was much more, he was much more receptive to understanding it's really not about me. Yes, I'm getting a weird blood clot, and apparently I'm not doing Masters Fitness Collective. But oh, yeah, totally. Like, we just glazed right over that. Sorry, Brandon. Are uh, you okay? Yeah, it's not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, good. We haven't. It's it's kind of a long story. I haven't gotten my follow-up yet. I'm on blood thinner still right now for a little while, I think. And we have a hunch that it's a genetic disorder. Blood, oh, for God's sake. A blood clotting disorder. Yeah, so it's... We'll figure it out at some point in time. It's kind of, cool. I don't want to say it's the least of my concerns because I don't want people to think like, oh, he's not even taking care of himself, but I, I'll get it taken care of. <laughs> I, I get the sense from you, Brandon. Um, I think you and I are probably wired similarly just because you said mm-hmm. at the, kind of the top of this that you like to earn what you get. And I'm the, exactly the same way. Like I love raising money for charities. I love doing fundraisers. I love you know, doing things for individuals. Uh, I'm like a a real giver that way, but I love to earn what I get. Mm -hmm. I hate a handout. I hate it. (laughs) Like, I just can't stand it. You know, I just think it was, you know, I was raised in, you know, the seventies and eighties, which, you know, way before cell phones and internet. And, you know, you didn't get allowances. You wouldn't make your little lemonade stand and you made your own money and, and did your thing. You know, that's how we were raised. Um, but the one thing I have come to understand just in the last couple of years, though, um, is as I've done more and more fundraisers and been a part of them, is that it's less about the handout and more about community and connecting people. Mm-hmm. And if you can accept the connection that, that you know, it isn't that you're getting money, it's that you're meeting individuals and, and connecting those people, to either in this case, maybe to your daughter or to the the charity that you're working with or to a foundation or to raise money to, you know, cure this disease. Um, you know, it's, it's easier to accept that someone's doing something for you because it isn't really for you. It's for the greater good. And that, that's how I've been able to, to, to learn through this. Now I haven't, you know, had the opportunity to have to, you know, be the recipient yet. You know, uh, and at some point I'm sure I will, you know, but, um, but I've seen it enough to learn that. And that's made a real difference for me as I've been interacting with the families and, and, uh, and trying to help them. Cause I, you know, I'm, as I meet people, I meet people who are just like me, just like you and same thing, you know, they, they struggle with it at first. And then as it becomes more about community, it's less, for me, it's less about CrossFit. Like Jeff, you said that a couple of times, it's the way CrossFit is. And I don't disagree with that. But I'm I'm learning more and more that we could be doing curling or bowling or whatever. It doesn't matter as long as you're bringing people together for a common cause. It's the community mm-hmm. that matters. And so I don't know if that'll help you at all. I'm I don't have a degree like Jeff. I'm just I'm just a random hillbilly over here that learns stuff as I go. But. I mean, and to that point, I couldn't agree more. It's community. It's how I kind of built my gym. It was all about it's mm-hmm. been about community this whole time. And I think. This my last trip in Chicago. We were sitting in the doctor's office, and they're talking about these different community events that families that have Turner syndrome, daughters that have Turner syndrome. And one of the things that I was thinking about on my drive home was how, at some point in time, how can I bring CrossFit or just fitness in general to those communities in within a new community that may have never had fitness or CrossFit for that matter in, in their lives or part of their lives. Um, so I think at some point in time, there's going to be more giving back as far as just fitness goes and what I can offer through fitness. Mm, you know, what's, what what's cool amazing idea. about that, if you find if when, when and if you're able to find a way to do that, is that you're not just impacting the lives of these young people that that, uh, you know, have this syndrome, but you impact their whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we have a couple of adaptive classes that they feel like that I own. And uh, I keep coming back to this one story. I may have told it on the show before, but. With this young woman, we have a, a bunch of the athletes either have Down syndrome or they're autistic. And uh, this one athlete has Down, Down syndrome. And every time she comes in, every day, she comes in or every, you know, they come in twice a week. And she comes in and she'll go, what did you have for dinner last night, John? And, you know, you'd go, I had, um, you know, whatever. You had and, chicken and rice. I know you had yeah, chicken, and, chicken rice. and rice. That's what I always have. And she'll get, she would go, Oh, I had Mac and cheese or peanut butter and jelly. You know, and this is when she started a year ago. And now when she comes in, she goes, Oh, last night I had baked salmon and rice 
or I had chicken and rice or, you know, or a salad, you know, and, you know, we, we discuss this amongst our coaches that, you know, we haven't just changed her life and help her be more fit and lose weight and put on muscle mass and, and get to do things she never thought she would do. She has a caregiver that's making that food for her. And you guys have kids, you know, like when you make food for your kids, you eat the food you're making for your kids. And if you make them mac and cheese, you're eating the mac and cheese. But if you make them baked salmon and rice, you're eating baked salmon and rice. And so, you're, you know, you're changing the entire lives of these families. And it's, you know, it's really, um, it's a gift. Like there's just no better way to put it, you know. So I would highly encourage you continue to look into that because, you know, talk about a gift of, you know, something beautiful coming in out of something horrible. Like you can really change a lot of lives that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll be talking about it in a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the mental, the mental toughness, like you guys started out by talking about that, you know what I mean? Giving, giving communities outside of maybe people who are particularly into fitness, the way that we know and love it, giving them the opportunity to reframe doing hard things via a workout and all the other things you reframe. We just talked about this on one of, one of our recent shows, but like doing CrossFit has totally reframed how I think about time. Like time domains are so interesting and unique to us that I now am like, okay, like, oh, this is only, this is going to take five minutes. I know what I can do in five minutes, or I know what I can do in an hour. I know what it's just, it's bizarre to kind of like reframe life through the moments, the really tough moments that we share in the gym. And that mentally is also a gift. Um, well, the history of that, they never look back on what you've accomplished over like, totally. as you've done, if you've done CrossFit for a while, I was thinking tonight, and this would be silly because I'm in my guitar room right now. And I was watching a, a video on YouTube about guitars because I have no life. And, <laughs> I, and I was sitting there thinking, if I had dedicated the last 12 years, so in the last 12 years, I have CrossFitted no less than five days a week for 12 years. So a minimum of an hour, but I've, I'm positive I've done more than that. But if you just do the math, say, all right, five hours a week. If I had done that for guitar, I would be a spectacular guitar player right now. And it's that time frame of going, you know, of looking at it and going, well, what can I do in a month, six months, but a year? What could I do in 10 years? Mm. Like, what could I really accomplish? And that's where this whole time domain thing really, you know, you'd be able to start looking back on things and going, man, talk about doing hard things. It wouldn't have really been that hard. It would have been a very short amount of time just done consistently. How come I've been doing CrossFit that much for that long, too, and I'm only very mediocre? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't think I don't. You're not mediocre. What are you talking about? You just did a super hard workout tonight. Mediocrely. That's not I'm mediocre. Just smack dab in the middle of that leaderboard where I belong. Uh, Brandon, you're a competitor. Cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we and you own a gym. I, but here's my philosophy. I'd love to hear yours. I think we have to reframe this concept of elite, mediocre, fit, like. Someone asked me this week, they're like, why do you think Greg Glassman looks so unfit? I'm like, we have to redefine that. Like, I don't, I don't think it's for us to say if someone looks fit or doesn't look fit. I don't That's know how many true. hours, he, I don't know how many hours he puts in the gym and I don't know how healthy he is. CrossFit for me is for longevity and independence. Like I want to be 85 years old and still living on my own or, you know, with my, you know, 21 year old wife at that point, whatever. And I went right past Nikki. She's like, totally That's fine. You I just to, let it happen. She just no big blew deal. That joke off. Um, but you get my point. Like, I want to be independent in my later years. And so I don't need a six pack to do that. I just need to be fit metabolically and nutritionally and, and physically, you know. Uh, so I, I struggle with, you know, anytime someone's because I often say that about myself. I'm not picking on you, Nikki. I often say I'm a I know. Oh, no, I know. When in reality, what I'm doing is I'm comparing myself to the Chandler Smiths of the world when I should mm. be comparing myself to myself. It, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so relative. And I am like, I see it all the time. I see it on our leaderboard. I see it with our members. I coach. I try and get in and make sure I coach every single one of our classes at least once throughout the week. And I cannot tell you how often we hear, well, I'm at the bottom of the leaderboard, so it doesn't really matter. I'm like, no, it matters. It, all of this matters. It's for a bigger purpose. Um, 
but to the comparing yourself, I matches fitness collective. I was there this last October. I, Jeff knows this. I get there and like, I earned my spot there, right? You had to qualify if you're on your spot there. And I show up and I feel like I have this dad bod and I'm competing against all these <laughs> right? walking elite athletes that have six, eight, 10 pack abs. I'm like, these guys are supposed to be 35 to 39, right? Not like 22. Mm-hmm. And I talk about feeling out of place that whole weekend. And I still did okay. I didn't like second to last maybe overall, but I took seventh on a swim. I think hey. I, you know, like there's a few of the events I could, I could probably like hang a hat on, but I chose not to at the time. Yeah. Um, but leaving, I think it has completely changed my uh, perception on all of that to what you're speaking to exactly. And that's like, I'm doing this for fitness. Like, yeah. I've been trying to compete at a high level for the last five years. And I'm like, I, why my daughter thing came up, the clot thing came up. I'm like, I just need to live longer and live more efficiently. Yeah. For what it's worth. I was just kidding. Cause I've been doing this for like a decade plus, but uh, I do fully agree with you guys. And I also think, I think there can be even difficulties when you compare yourself to yourself because you're in different phases and stages of life. And that's not always fair. Um, But I do think that perception is everything. And I think priorities are everything. And the way that you guys listed them out, I fully agree with where it's like life comes first and your goals right now might not have been the same as your goals five years ago, 10 years ago. And that might change in the future too. It's all right. As long as you're able to wipe your own ass, I think we're doing pretty good. Amen to that. That's what my 21 year old wife is going to be for Nikki. Well, (laughs) also true. Would you like me to order her from another country for you? Yes. Not in a trafficking way, in a joking way. Oh, my God. I feel like I have to be careful every word that yeah, I say. Yeah, these days. Oh yeah, God. and I'm going to get called a groomer for saying I'm going to have a 21-year-old wife. But I'm going to be 85, and I don't care what you guys call me at 85. It'll be fine. She'll, you'll be her sugar daddy. Yeah, that's much. That's a much nicer than groomer. I like that. Sugar daddy. You're welcome. That's good. Thank you, Nikki. I see the good in your scenario. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I oftentimes complain that Matt doesn't have a sugar daddy. I'm like, go out and make us some money for God's sake. Find someone who will love you. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I also tell him to start an OnlyFans, but he won't listen to me. Uh, people people have things. It... People have things for redheads, okay? And we cannot go out to a single restaurant nowadays without someone stopping him and telling him he looks like Prince Harry, which yeah, he does he not. Does. He does yeah. not look like. Please back me up on this. The man does not look like. They are both gingers they're both handsome but you look at their faces they look nothing alike i was like are you all drunk my daughter's hard ginger so oh. am i yeah yeah i come from a long line i have a sister her entire fan like every kid in her family with the exception of one are redheads every single one it's <sighs> You guys, I I crossed every finger and every toe for a redhead, and I didn't get one. (laughs) The fuck? Yeah. Someday I'll have one. Someday, if we have another kid, I will pray to the ginger gods. And then I'll have an excuse to dye my hair red. You see where I'm going with this? I got a whole plan. I like it. There are very few things cuter than a redheaded baby. I know! They are, they are the cutest. Matter of fact, I just uh, we were at semis, and um, I ran into the Paulsons. Oh, love. There, another one on the way. Yeah, another one on the <gasps> way for Tim and his wife. And uh, so baby Pawson was there. Adorable. Wes. Oh, my God. Oh, so adorable. Big, bright red hair. Just wild, too. It's wild. You just go in all directions. It's just the best. <laughs> Toddler hairs be Toddler like hair that. Toddler hairs the best. They don't, yeah. they don't care at all. You know, I always catch them when they're wait, just waking up. You guys know, you remember that phase, mm-hmm. baby phase? Waking yeah. up, they got like drool. Coming out and the hair is like 10,000 different directions and they're looking at you just all glazed in the eyes, but they're just mm-hmm. so cute. One like really pink cheek, whichever cheek was like down on the bed. Yeah, it was like <laughs> uh, stripes in the cheek from where it was, you know, oh, like on the mattress. On yeah. the mattress, yeah. I think oh, it's going so, too fast. That's what Jeff looks like when he wakes up. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just drool everywhere. Well, that works out because he's well, about that to start okay. So that works. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I feel attacked uh, appropriately. There you that's go. Fair. Best we could do fair. for you. Well, well guys, um, we appreciate you guys joining and telling us about the event. Let's get the dates and times and where everything's going to be so people listening yeah. can uh, can know where to go. So this is June 24th, right, from 9 to 10 in 
and they can do it online. Where are you guys doing it uh, locally? What gyms is so going to be in? We're doing it at my gym, CrossFit Box Valley. I CrossFit Park Ridge in Chicago, Illinois hosting. Uh, Rockford, Illinois, so CrossFit Supercell is hosting. Omni Fitness in St. Cloud, Minnesota is hosting. And Machine Lab in Portage, Wisconsin is hosting so far that I know of. Okay. And it's uh, 25 bucks per person. 100% of the proceeds are uh, are going to what? What is it exactly going to? Donated to Rise. So it's all going to Rise. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And then, I, then I'm going to get all the donations and everything that's donated um, on that day from everybody is going to go to E. And then I'll just write a check to Brandon and his family. Awesome. That's great. And, and Jeff, can you give us uh, the website and Instagram for Rise so people know where to find you? Yes. Rise is riseathletes.org and youthesteemservices.org. So that's a lot of times yeah. it's just yes. Perfect. Nice. And if people want to register and donate, et cetera, et cetera, the Rise Up and Move for Evelyn event is live on Competition Corner, right? So anyone can kind of go on there. And if you want to just do it on your own, in your own affiliate or on your own, go run for an hour and see how many miles you can get or whatever it may be, go to Competition Corner and search Rise Up and Move for Evelyn. And I'll drop it in the show notes and uh, put a link in my bio so people can find it either way. Yep. And if they absolutely Thank choose you two for doing this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, if you choose not to want to run or move, she has a GoFundMe page. I know that there's a Marie that set that up for us. So if it's something like they want nothing to do with fitness for whatever the reasons are, um, they have that option. Well, they I, can I, still I, sign up on Competition Corner yeah. and just ditch the fitness. I'm just throwing right. that out there. Right. I want nothing to do with fitness, but I'm too stubborn to quit. That's kind yeah. of my problem. <laughs> It's absolutely my problem. I think we all have, I think all of us on this call, I was thinking when Jeff started talking right at the top of this, and I'm not going to open this can of worms, but when Jeff was talking about uh, being in recovery and, and just going all in on CrossFit, I'm like, man, that sounds just like every person I know with an addictive personality, yes. myself included, like if you have any kind of addictive personality and you find CrossFit, you're just like, who the hell needs alcohol and drugs? I don't need to beat my liver up. I can just beat my whole body up at one time. It's great. I, it's so funny yeah. you say that because I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, man, if we have time, I want to circle back to this because like how many wonderful, successful uh, fitness to combat addiction programs have we seen kind of just like skyrocket and take off and you know nationally and locally i helped branding with one of them a few years ago and it is just like the coolest thing ever to replace like an unhealthy or maybe not longevity boosting habit with yeah. something like fitness so anyway you're right a whole can of worms i could talk for another whole hour on that kind of thing but um it's love true. that for us all of us we're all the same person you guys yeah, pretty, much. <laughs> yes. pretty much all right well jeff brandon thank you guys for joining super fun Thank you. Appreciate you guys. And best of luck with your event. Nikki, great seeing you as always and getting to talk oh about God. your mediocre fitness. Love it. Uh, anytime. I will talk to you about <laughs> med mediocre fitness on any night. All the time. All right. Well, everyone listening, we appreciate you joining and we'll chat with you guys soon.